Hi guys, welcome back from Shop Last Time Here and thank you for joining us. This is the Doula's Guide to Preparing for Your Birth with me, Meg, also known as the Dungaree Doula. It's the podcast where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth and parenting. My aim is to share unbiased information alongside a bit of friendly chit-chat to ensure that you head into parenthood feeling confident and excited for what's to come. If you're new to the podcast and would like to know more about me, then go and check out the very first episode for a little introduction and a big chat on hypnobirthing and the following episodes for some great birth and parenting preparation. If you love the podcast, you can now leave me a little tip to say thank you via buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. A huge thank you in advance if you choose to do this. The podcast is something I research, write, record and edit completely alone and I'm completely unpaid for. So the tips that come in from those of you who have found it useful are truly, truly appreciated. Before we begin, I also want to remind you that I now have two pre-recorded online courses. The first is a full antenatal education and hypnobirthing course. You can sign up to it and start working through it right away and in your own time. There are over 30 modules to work through, each made up of video content with PDF downloads, hypnobirthing MP3 tracks, relaxation tracks, journaling prompts, birth plan templates, birth partner checklists and so, so much more. It's only £37, which is an absolute steal, but to celebrate the launch of season two of the podcast, you can use the code podcast for 20% off. Just click the link in the show notes or head to my website, which is thedungaredoolite.co.uk and click on the online course page. Whilst you're over there, you will see the even newer Hypnobirthing Essentials course, which as it sounds is a condensed version, still pre-recorded for you to work through in your own time. Maybe if you're at the end of your pregnancy, so you don't have as much time, if you have already done some antenatal education, but would like Hypnobirthing on top, if you want a cheaper option or something like that, then head to the same place linked in the show notes and check out Hypnobirthing Essentials. It's only £20, so again, really great value and also comes with the MP3s, the video content the pdf downloads and loads of extras too i hope you love it go and treat yourself if you're expecting your baby in 2024 so today i thought we would chat a little bit about induction and i'm not going to massively go into the ins and outs of what an induction entails because honestly it is an absolutely huge conversation which could span about 10 episodes Um, And also, I think I cover it wonderfully in my online courses that I've just mentioned. So if you do want to know more about what inductions may consist of, the risks, the benefits and things like that, then go and sign up for that. There's loads of info, loads of videos, some PDF downloads. But I thought in this episode of the podcast, we would talk about decision making around induction. So some things to consider if you're offered one and some questions to ask to find out if it's necessary or just a good decision for you. So I mention quite often on the podcast and with clients that only you need to be able to justify the decisions that you make during pregnancy. Only you, no one else. And they don't actually have to be backed up by research or statistics or anything like that. So for example, you could choose to be induced just because it feels right for you, based on no information at all. It could actually be, you know, a really dangerous decision. Um, But if it feels right for you, then you're more than entitled to make that decision. And in the same vein, you might instinctually feel that a free birth is 100% the right decision for you, based on no research or statistic or safety discussion, just purely based on intuition. And again, that would make it the right decision for you. I think in pregnancy and birth, different things are going to be important for different people. And the reason I mention this here is because throughout this episode, I will be talking a lot about research and statistics and studies. But actually, if none of those things seem relevant to you, 
that's fine. You can make decisions based on whatever you like. So please don't feel pulled in any direction based on, you know, what one person says on one podcast episode. But if you are the sort of person who feels comforted by finding out the most relevant, up-to-date studies and research on your circumstances, then, you know, some of this episode will be incredibly helpful for you. But truly, there is something for everyone here. And I hope that if you're faced with the induction chat, which seems likely the way things are going, then this will help you to decide whether or not it is the right decision for you and your baby. So preamble aside, which I hope made total sense, (laughs) um, let's get into it. So inductions are on the rise, um, rapidly so. If you have listened to my podcast episode from the very, very end of last year, I think it came out literally on like New Year's Eve or something like that, um, about the maternity statistics for last year. Statistics. The maternity statistics. (laughs) Why is that such a mouthful to say? For last year you will have heard that the induction rate has risen quite a lot and is rapidly rising. Um, It seems that most people don't make it through their pregnancy without, you know, the threat of an induction at one point or another. I know personally I was barraged with pressure to be induced at the end of birth of my pregnancies and, you know, I luckily managed to dodge it because I knew they weren't necessary for me or my babies. But even with all of the knowledge I have and how strong-willed I am, I still find it difficult, I still found it difficult to navigate. And I found it, it was it was quite, it was really stressful, actually, it was really stressful. Um, and I hate this pressure that's put on pregnant people in, you know what, for a lot of us, it's quite a vulnerable time. Um, it's happened to the majority of my clients. And whenever I post about this topic on any sort of social media, some of the comments I get are absolutely horrific and so many people sharing how they were terrified into inductions which weren't necessary ended up having really traumatic experiences you know major surgery or hemorrhage or assisted delivery and the way things were handled and the way they were treated being really bad and that's not to demonize any of those things because sometimes you know the assisted deliveries and the surgery etc are 100% necessary like sometimes they're going to be required for x amount of pregnancies whether intervention is present or not but sometimes you know sometimes they're not so that's to say there are so many stories out there from women you know who were told they must be induced or some awful language use like you must be induced or your baby will die which I'm sorry to bring this up now but is horrific language and I think it's just worth talking about because it's illegal for them to use this language but it's something I hear about non-stop um I was at a birth last week and she was constantly told by multiple different doctors that if she didn't book in for an induction that her baby would die and actually she had her baby last week she wasn't induced her baby is here and is healthy so you know it's absolutely insane to me that anyone would think that that is a normal way to talk to anybody let alone a pregnant person who is waiting to have their baby who cares more about their baby than anyone else in the world like it's just it's so wrong and if someone says this to you that is coercive language healthcare professionals are actually breaking the law by using this language like horrific horrific coercive language to tell somebody that their baby will die if you don't do as they say when you know they have no idea if that's true or not and it more than likely isn't true 
but so many so many women are being told this will happen and just not knowing that they can then ask questions so going along with this recommendation of induction because they're terrified that something will happen to their baby and then you know coming out of it days later with severe trauma and PTSD and then finding out down the line that it wasn't needed at all there are so many stories along these lines that are shared with me you know week after week in my work and it it really makes my heart hurt and that is why I wanted to put out this podcast episode and a little side note here not all inductions are traumatic like 100% that's not what I'm saying they can be really positive and they can still you know you can still have a beautiful birth experience with an induction but that is more likely if you are totally informed and you have a really good knowledge of how birth physiological birth works and how induced birth works and how they differ and how to make that work in your favour which is hard obviously because you don't have control over how the process will go or how your body will react but there are lots of things you can do if you are going to be induced to stack the odds more in your favour but again that's where good birth preparation comes in. And I just wanted to mention that for anybody who listens to this episode and, you know, asks all the questions and comes out of it and realises that an induction is actually the right path for them and their baby. Because that will be some of you. For some people, it will be absolutely necessary. And as I said at the beginning, for others, it may not be 100% necessary, but you may just have an inner knowing that it is the right decision for you. And that's fine too. And again not to keep bringing it back to my course this is the last time I'll mention it but in my course I do have a full video and like infographic section about how to make an induction a more positive experience and how to you know pick and choose which parts of the induction process you would be willing to try your rights around it and things like that and so if you do go on to choose an induction I would really then recommend still doing birth experience Uh, birth preparation still learning hypnobirthing techniques and things like that because they can still really aid you to have a more positive induction so that you don't you know come out of it absolutely traumatized so if you're offered an induction the first thing that I want you to do is remember that it is an offer like I've just said it is an offer people are not allowed to say to you we need to book you in for an induction some people will say this but they're not supposed to they're not they're not supposed to say to you we need to book you in for an induction it is always an offer if anybody is using coercive language to get you to go in for that induction they are breaking the law like in healthcare so not just maternity in all healthcare you have to give informed consent for any procedure no matter how big no matter how small and that is protected by the law and if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time you will have heard me bang on about this a million times <laughs> but it's because it's something I'm so passionate about Um, I really so just you know I really think everyone everyone should know this so excuse me while I talk about it once again Um, informed consent means that when you consent to something so when you say yes or you accept something you are doing so based on knowing all of the information about that thing so if you are told you need to be induced tomorrow or your baby will die and you say okay see you tomorrow because now you're absolutely terrified that something's going to happen to your baby then you haven't given informed consent you've been scaremongered into a procedure that you didn't even know you could question and that you don't know anything about. So induction or anything else in maternity is always an offer. You can opt in or you can opt out. 
of any of it and that includes things like you know getting weird having growth scans giving blood having vaccines whatever it is it is all optional and that extends to this period of time at the very end when things do seem more time sensitive because there still always is time to gain true informed consent so where you have all of the information you need to make a decision that you're not questioning and that you truly understand then why are they recommending induction what are the benefits what are the risks what are the alternatives etc 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 you need to know all of that before you can make your decision so the first thing to do when someone mentions induction is remember that it is just an offer and you can say yes you can say no or you can say maybe but i need some time to think about it no one can tell you that you have to be induced and legally nobody should be trying to coerce you into one either and if they do then a really good phrase to use is either I do not give informed consent for that I do not feel I can give informed consent for that because I do not feel like I have enough information to do so or to say that you feel that you're being put under undue pressure because again they should be getting into big trouble for putting you under what they call undue pressure so this just means pressure to do what they want using scare tactics or fear-mongering or any other pressure tactics you know like um ringing you up all the time and sending you loads of letters and loads of texts which i've had happen to clients it's, it's pretty insane i had a client at the end of last year who they were desperate to induce and i can't even remember the reason now but it was something really trivial and she was like absolutely that is not happening and every single day the hospital were calling her trying to book her in and in the end she blocked the hospital's number so they couldn't call her anymore and um, so these things do happen um, if people are you know harassing you harassing your partner saying they should tell you to go in for the procedure and things like that that is undue pressure so if you feel like you're being coerced you gotta hit them up with the this feels like i'm being put under undue pressure and i would like to discuss this with somebody else and then either you know the turn will rapidly change and they'll start to have a reasonable conversation with you or you do get to speak to somebody else more reasonable so it's a win-win sort of aside from the stress of it all <laughs> which you know nobody needs um another side note i feel like i shouldn't have to say this but it's always worth reminding you i do not hate maternity staff <laughs> i don't hate doctors or midwives or obstetricians i don't hate medical intervention uh i just hate some of the sneaky underhand tactics that get used in maternity services by some not all nowhere near all just some and these episodes are to help you if you come up against you know the small amount of people doing a bad job like my hope is that you were my hope is that none of you listening to this have to deal with any of this bullshit but some of you will and this is for you know this is who these episodes are for so another little disclaimer there um before somebody you know takes this out of context and thinks i'm mad about life-saving interventions or incredible doctors or anything like that because i'm not i'm very very glad all of that exists i'm not stupid or naive but i'm just also you know i'm not stupid or naive to the coercion that goes on either so you know take it or leave it but hopefully this is helpful so moving on you've reminded yourself that it's only an offer not a command the next thing you want to do is take your time you want to tell whoever is doing the offering 
that you're going to go home, you're going to make yourself some nice food, you're going to regulate your nervous system, get out of that scary fight or flight mode, you know, that the conversations just put you in. Consider your options and then from a like settled headspace where you can make rational decisions, you're going to make a decision. And you're going to, you're going to, well, you're not going to ask, you're going to tell them, you're going to tell them that you're taking the time because you absolutely always can. In 99.99999% of the time in maternity, you have time when induction's concerned. If there was an emergency, you would be getting wheeled into theatre for a cesarean section, not being offered an induction. Because inductions aren't the quick fix that they're sometimes sold as. It's not like, get an induction and you'll meet your baby faster. Because for the majority of people, an induction is a very long process. And that is because your body and your baby are not ready for labour yet. So all of the mechanical processes an induction puts you both through take time. And by time, it can mean days. So it's not just like a few hours. For most people, an induction takes days and days and days. And there's usually a bit of a wait for a bed too. So if you're being offered an induction, whoever is offering it, clearly thinks it's more than okay to wait at least a few days before your baby is born. So it's clearly not an emergency and you can take your time making this decision. And yeah, I absolutely recommend going home into your own environment if that is possible. So obviously, you know, if you've got severe preeclampsia or some sort of medical condition, you may not be able to go home. But if you can, don't stay there to make your decision. Go home, go to your own environment, get yourself really calmed down and really regulated and do something nice for yourself and then talk it through with somebody that you love and you trust. Write a list of the pros and the cons, tune into your intuition and start listening in. What is your body and your baby trying to tell you? What do they need? Um, if you've got a doula, call up your doula. If you've got you know, any sort of antenatal support talk to those people try and get a last minute power hour session with somebody talk it through with people and then make your decision with your rational mind and your intuition in check from that calm home space or leave it open sleep on it and make your decision in the morning or a few days down the line or whenever feels right like i've just said you've got time you do not need to rush really like sit with it sit with it for as long as you need and make the decision that feels right for you and then if we're thinking about specific questions to ask how to make this big big decision here are some things that I would personally be wanting to know if somebody recommended an induction to me and again feel free to use these or some variation of these or feel free to completely dismiss them (laughs) um you know you do you These are just my hopefully helpful suggestions. So the first sort of thing I'd be asking is something along the lines of why are you recommending an induction and is this in line with evidence to suggest this would be best for me and my pregnancy based on my personal circumstances? And the reason I would be asking this is because more often than not an induction is offered based on hospital policy and hospital policy is not two things. First of all it's not the law it's just a policy 
so you know you don't have to follow it it's not the law it is just a policy that hospital has created and secondly it's not personalized it's a blanket policy made with a certain baseline in mind it doesn't take into account your personal circumstances so even if the recommendation for that average person in your situation is an induction you're not just an average person right you are you with a whole heap of stuff to consider so with all of that stuff that makes you you considered is it still the best option for your circumstances or is it not i then want to be asking what sort of research is there surrounding induction based on x and x is their reason so you know if they're offering an induction for a big baby a small baby advanced maternal age high bmi ivf gestation diabetes whatever it is let's say for example it's to do with advanced maternal age what research is there surrounding induction based on advanced maternal age what research has been done to show induction is the best thing for me as opposed to waiting and going into spontaneous labor and is that research up to date is it a large-scale study is there any conflicts of interest or areas of bias in the way that research was conducted or the evidence was collated and again this is because hospital guidelines and policy can be outdated it may be based on research that isn't up to date or that isn't evidence-based so you ask to see the most up-to-date relevant research or you know see how it is related to your circumstances and if they don't have it you know you can go away and find it yourself um people you know in this country we have this sort of like god complex thing to do with people who work within the nhs and doctors and stuff like that and you know they are just people that are looking up the same research that you could go and look up as well so if someone says well you know our hospital policy is based on this bit of research and you look at it and you go well that's 20 years old and quite small scale I'm going to go away and look if there's anything more relevant that's absolutely fine like you're allowed to go and do that (laughs) so you know do that you again could ask a doula or a birth worker you could book in a power hour with a birth worker and sit and dissect it that way you could talk to friends family get a second opinion from a different doctor a different obstetrician talk to your midwife and then you know see what the research says about people who have whatever that x is is it safe for gestational diabetes is it safe for women with gestational diabetes to simply wait and go into spontaneous labor does anything change is it risky what risks are present or increased and how does that compare with the risks of an induction These are the sorts of things you want to be thinking about. And that leads me on to my next question. What are the risks of having an induction? What are the side effects of the medication and the processes used? How will this affect me? And how will this affect my baby? And you can ask as many questions about this as you need to. Because again, remember informed consent. If you don't feel fully informed, then you haven't given true informed consent. And the law has been broken. So the list of, you know, side effects and risk factors of induction is pretty monumental if you end up having the whole induction shebang. You have to think about the risks to you and the risks to your baby from the medication, all of the side effects and how your baby is going to cope with this. 
And then considering, you know, the repercussions of an induction, so things like if you go onto the induction drip, you won't be able to use a pool if that's something you want. You will probably need an epidural because it is a lot more painful. You'll be required to consent to continuous fetal monitoring. And again, you know, technically you can say no, but I can't see them agreeing to give you these things unless you agree to a CTG. So asking questions about all of these things is really helpful too and then asking questions about the repercussions of those things um, and making sure you have all of the information and on the flip side of that what are the risks to waiting for spontaneous labor what would happen if you gave yourself another week for example or what would happen if you flat out refused the induction and opted to never entertain the idea again what would be the risks there what would they be concerned about happening what could happen to you? What could happen to your baby? What is the actual numerical value of that risk as well? So, you know, it's it's all well and good them saying we can't let you um, wait for labour because it's too risky. That doesn't mean anything. It's got to be what's too risky for you. So you've got to say like, what is the actual numerical value? You're saying, I don't know, my risk of stillbirth doubles. But what does it double from? Does it double from a very, very minute value? Like, something under one percent like does it does it double and end up as 0.5 percent or does it double and it or end up as 50 percent because those numbers are massively different but can both be lumped under the risk of whatever it is doubles so what are the actual numerical values so this is a good one because then you can compare it to the risk of the induction and feel out which feels better for you and it's also interesting because sometimes they'll counteract each other So for example, if you're being told you need to be induced because your baby is predicted to be big and they're worried about a shoulder dystocia, then when you go on to talk about the risks of induction, you'll find out that having an induction increases the risk of shoulder dystocia (laughs) Um, by like, I think it's up to 7%, but I can't can't fully remember. Um, I mentioned the stats around this in my episode on big babies. So, you know, if this is something you're coming up against, I highly recommend that episode. But yeah, induction increases the risk of shoulder dystocia. So you ask, well, why would you want me to be induced to negate the risk of shoulder dystocia when an induction increases the risk and makes it even more likely? So you want to know all the risks and all the concerns on both sides, getting induced versus not getting induced. And you know, you might start to feel like a proper pain in the ass at this point <laughs> and your consultant or doctor or midwife might be a bit fed up, but this is your pregnancy and your birth, you know? They have this conversation multiple times a day and it's probably not a big deal in the grand scheme of things to them how you go on to give birth or what happens to you but what happens to you is mightily important to you and your baby you only get to do it once so take as long as you want take as long as you need and ask as many questions as you need or want to and then you weigh it all up and you make a plan and if induction is right for you you ask even more questions you decide which part of the induction process you'd be willing to accept you know maybe you meet with the head of midwifery to negotiate things that are non-negotiable for you like using the midwife-led unit or using the pool after a pessary or whatever it is that you want you go ahead and you pack for the long haul and make sure you have loads of treats and things to pass the time um or maybe you know after all of that research you do feel like you need your baby here asap and you don't feel comfortable going through 
a lengthy induction process that you're worried about your baby dealing with so you opt for an elective cesarean which again is completely your choice and you're right and you go on and request this and ask more information and learn about the benefits versus the risk and so on and so forth or you know you just decide to wait maybe you just wait it out and you never think about induction again maybe you give yourself a cut-off point you'll wait one more week and then you'll get induced maybe you decide induction isn't for you but you'd like to opt for daily monitoring to check that baby is okay whatever it is doesn't really matter what matters is that you feel confident and informed in the decision you have made and you truly believe it is what's best for you and your baby that is what's important So I think that just about concludes this episode. And again, I hope it has landed in the way I intended. I hope it hasn't come across like I am bashing healthcare professionals or I'm bashing induction or anything like that. Because as I've mentioned many times, that is not my intention at all. Um, I actually attended a birth last week where it was a planned home birth and there was a true emergency. I've never been at a birth before where there's been a true emergency that required emergency ser- emergency surgery pretty quickly. Um, and I was always quite nervous heading into births. Not heading into births, but like when I would think about it, I would always think, oh, I hope I'm never at a birth where there's a true emergency. I worry about how that would impact my view on birth and my view on how safe birth is. I would worry about my clients. I would worry about how I would act in that scenario and things like that. But actually being at that birth last week and seeing a true emergency play out before my eyes and luckily like mum and the baby were absolutely fine um, by the end of it. But seeing that happen actually just reaffirmed to me how safe birth is the majority of the time and how even when an emergency occurs things can be dealt with really quickly even at home births even when those things happen at home there is almost always time for the things that need to happen to happen and so my point there the reason I just quickly add that in is to say that you know medical intervention was then needed from a planned home birth emergency surgery was needed from a planned home birth and it happened and everything was okay so I'm not against these things they are life-saving they save two lives right if we didn't have medical intervention the, the outcomes of that birth would have been horrendous but because we do thank god those lives were saved and luckily yeah everyone is now okay but seeing that happen in real time reaffirmed to me that birth mostly is safe almost always is safe And in the very rare occurrences where there is an emergency, we do have medical intervention and it will help. It's not it's not to be demonised. It's not the devil. It's just when it's being overused that it's causing more problems that it's solving. So I'm not against it. I think it's amazing. And I saw it last week and I saw how incredible it is. And I saw how all the staff were incredible. The midwives are incredible. The doctors are incredible. The anaesthetists were incredible. Every single person who came into contact with my client and her partner and myself and her baby were incredible. I have nothing against these people. I think they are amazing. I am so thankful they are there. But yeah, it's just this episode. It's just a little reminder that you know 
just had to check that these things are needed so that you can still have your very, very best birth experience. So I hope that this has been a helpful and interesting listen for you and given you some things to think about and helps you to navigate these situations towards the end of your pregnancy. It's a really tricky spot to be in and my heart does go out to you if you're currently going through this sort of dilemma yourself. Please, please give yourself grace and, you know, please reach out for support from myself or fellow birth workers if you feel you need it. Remember, you can find out more about this topic in my online course. So go and check that out on my website, thedungarydoula.co.uk forward slash online course. And of course, if you'd like to discuss this or any other aspect of your pregnancy and birth in more detail, then book in for a power hour session with me. A one-off, one-hour session to get clarity on your circumstances for just £50. I'll pop the info in the show notes. If you have any more questions, come hang out on Instagram where I'm at the Dungaree Dealer and please let me know if you enjoyed the episode. Do be sure to check out the show notes for any further links to. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do stick around, like, follow and subscribe or leave a little review if you don't mind because it's so very helpful. Speak soon. See you next week. Bye.